there's a decent chance that this works. And then if it works and that if, if it can be what the vision and the promise is, then for our mission, which is to pioneer solutions to end global homelessness, it's actually irresponsible for us not to try it. That's Brett Hagler, CEO and co-founder of New Story. New Story emerged in response to a resounding call for fresh solutions to an old and increasingly prominent issue, which means pushing boundaries. If your goal is to get more of a breakthrough or to have more of an impact or have more of a growth, you have to do things that are not quote unquote reasonable. New Story's journey to reimagine solutions for global homelessness is nothing short of amazing. They've been able to thrive by finding a helpful balance between bold innovation and careful planning. Today, we're going to speak with Brett and discover how they continue to grow while living in that tension and balance. Welcome to Future Nonprofit, a podcast about what it will take to build and scale the nonprofit of tomorrow. I'm your host, Ted Vaughn, partner at Historic and author of Culture Built My Brand. Join me as we unpack the stories and lessons of today's most innovative leaders. Founded in 2014, New Story is a nonprofit dedicated to ending global homelessness. Thus far, they've provided homes to over 15,000 people in Haiti, Bolivia, Mexico, and El Salvador through innovative 3D printing and non-traditional fundraising strategies to reach their bold and ambitious goals. Really, our goal is to partner with a million people by 2030. But before we can get to New Story's story, we have to learn more about Brett Hagler, the man with the idea and co-founder. Brett's passion for housing people in need comes from a deep sense of empathy and a just-go-do-it mentality. That mentality was formed largely during an unexpected run-in with the harsh realities of the world when he was just a teenager. My senior year in high school, I loved sports, loved basketball, was going to go play at a smaller college, and out of nowhere, I got diagnosed with a really rare form of cancer. That was about a year journey that happened out of nowhere. And it was really scary. It was really hard. Thankfully, Brett beat his cancer. But this confrontation with the finality of time and the sudden moments that can change everything left a mark on Brett. I was pretty upset that uh, senior year in high school had have a whole my whole plan for my next four years mapped out. Um, was a very healthy guy. It was kind of your stereotypical jock. And um, we were thinking, I'm gonna, a whole year, I'm not going to have hair. I was very fit. I'm going to lose all my muscle. Like, who knows? I have a chance of maybe not living. And I remember thinking, you know, I, I can't control all of that. One thing I can't control is my attitude and how I show up. No matter what happens, it is in my control of how I can respond and how I can have a longer-term perspective. But I think when you're able to kind of zoom out and and try to the best of your ability to think longer term. I think it helps a lot in the short term with grit and overcoming challenges, which for my journey and for entrepreneurship in general, or starting or growing or trying to scale a nonprofit, I mean, you're constantly dealing with short-term challenges. Balancing short-term and long-term objectives is a vital equilibrium that Brett understands and upholds today. But during those early and formative years, Brett was more focused on developing the perseverance to make the things he wanted to happen, happen. And that just-go-do-it mindset was solidified once he got to college. I loved businesses. I loved startups. 
And I was obsessed with learning, reading autobiographies, like understanding how other founders got started, how they did it. The more I learned, the more I was like, they're definitely special people, which obviously they have a usually a lot of faults as well, long list of faults. But to me, it kind of clicked that so much of what they're doing is actually a choice. Most people are usually very unqualified and a lot of their disadvantages are usually the things that become their advantage. And I kind of held on to that. And it was inspiring for me because I've always kind of viewed myself as an underdog and unqualified. I think that gave me ambition and passion to start stuff. Armed with a passion and an assertive view of life, Brett started making moves. I started a, a for-profit e-commerce company right out of college. I raised venture capital almost way, way, way too far in over my skis. I didn't really know what I was doing, but it was at least something that I was forced into like figuring out how to get customers, how to write marketing copy, how to do wireframes on your website, how to think about brand, right? It's one thing to just read about a bunch of books about how Apple thinks about marketing and simplicity. And that's great. That's super important. But if you can pair that with doing and practicing somehow, it's so much more powerful. That just go do it attitude is critical to overcoming a lack of experience or formal training. Experience is everything. And if you don't get started, you don't get the experience you need. But equally important is being smart about how, when, and where you get that experience. Brett didn't just start an international development organization without knowing anything about international development. He surrounded himself with the people who had the expertise he needed. But we'll talk more about that shortly. At this point in our story, we find Brett right after college working in the for-profit world. His skills were being utilized, but passion was missing. Kind of found myself not rock bottom, not depressed, but just longing for a more meaningful life. Amid that longing, Brett decided to take a trip which would end up being a highly pivotal move. The startup that I first started, we wanted to start giving back a little bit of the money we were making to two charities. One charity was in Haiti. I go to Haiti and I see the problem. This was a couple years after the earthquake. The earthquake rocked this impoverished Caribbean nation late this afternoon. The 7.0 quake was centered roughly 10 miles from the capital city, Port-au-Prince. And there are reports of at least one strong 5.9 aftershock. Early reports are that a hospital may have collapsed and that screaming was heard from the scene. And my world is just kind of rocked. Like I didn't grow up understanding international development. I didn't grow up understanding extreme poverty. Like this was all very new to me. And this is when Brett found his passion. At first, he felt compelled to simply donate to existing charities. But the closer he got to the cause, the more his frustration grew. I tried to go find other nonprofits that I could get really excited about and that I could champion. And the more I did that, the more that I kind of, I literally started making a list of things that frustrated me or I questioned or like I would think about maybe doing differently. Not to say that I was right or, and they were wrong, but more of like my perspective of what would I want? What would I be excited about? And what are some areas that if you had to start from scratch and you weren't kind of governed by maybe a, a more bureaucratic institution or legacy, et cetera, like how would you think about things from a first principle standpoint? So here is when the idea for New Story is budding in Brett's mind. 
As we alluded to earlier, even though he was fired up and wanted to just get started, he knew there was expertise necessary that he didn't have. And this is when he meets his co-founders. I ended up meeting my two co-founders. Um, actually, I have three co-founders. The one I met, her name is Alexandria, and she actually did have a background in international development. And she was feeling a lot of the same problems that I did, but she just had a lot more knowledge and expertise on the actual like international development programs operation side. And I think I came at it more from a like a blank slate entrepreneurial, like these are problems in the brand, the product, the marketing, the why don't we have more innovation? Why is there not more technology? Why don't I see any R&D budget? You know, had a long list of things, and we kind of came together and said, "What would, what if we could just from the beginning start something different?" And uh, a lot of our DNA and the soul of a new story would be around pioneering solutions and really challenging the status quo. And new story became real. Now it's important to highlight something Brett said here: nonprofits that form out of frustration with legacy operations and ways of doing things aren't inherently better or right. This kind of assumption is a naive perspective that can be damaging in the effort to bring about meaningful change. Learning from what went right is just as important as learning from what went wrong. There are bound to be mistakes, and while those mistakes are the easiest things to point to and think, I could do better, it's equally important to have the same analysis for the successes. And to go even further, in order to truly improve on things, you need to have a full understanding of why things are the way they are and the solutions that have already been attempted. It's a waste of time, money, and effort to try and fail at the same attempts that have been made before. That said, being innovative is also about taking risks and trying new and different things, which means failure is always on the table. But there is space in the sector for both safe legacy solutions and risk and innovative ideas. New Story knows that they're the latter. It's an incredibly important mission that a lot of those organizations have. I don't want to disrespect any of them because I, I genuinely do really have tremendous respect for them. From my angle, and again, my perspective was trying to come at it with more of a business-oriented lens and like really trying to think about what would it take to try to really scale all these solutions? How can we be unapologetic about some of the things that we believe that are different? Having clear insight and understanding of previous strategies, even if they failed, is critical because it grows your clarity and confidence. And if you plan to push on boundaries and innovate new strategies to tackle old problems, you need an abundance of clear thinking and confidence. What I found is as you get a little more quote unquote success or a little more growth, the gravitational pull that you'll feel is to be way more conservative, is to be way more reasonable, is to take way less risk. And I think there's truth in that. Like you shouldn't just be a, you know, a gunslinger, just like that's exact, that's not what I'm trying to say. But I think that that gravitational pull down to vanilla and down to average and down to mediocrity is really, really, really strong. And oftentimes other people, whether it's at the organization or outside the organization, they're not going to really come forth with ideas to go against that gravitational pull. That's okay. And that can work. But if your goal is to get 
more of a breakthrough or to have more of an impact or have more of a growth or do things that are worth talking about and that people want to spread. You have to do things that are not, that are unconventional and that are not quote unquote reasonable. Underlying all of this is a reoccurring theme in Brett's behavior, being calculated and intentional. In previous episodes, particularly the one with Latte Lawson Latergo from Oxfam, we've extensively discussed the importance of acknowledging failure and its role in breaking barriers. However, it's vital to recognize that embracing failure doesn't grant you free reign to pursue wild innovations without considering the consequences. Allowing room for failure is just one part of the equation. The majority of the effort is in understanding where risks exist and establishing well-thought-out plans before taking those risks. As with most endeavors, it's a delicate balance. At this stage in New Story's beginnings, Brett had the passion and a clear understanding of what he wanted to do and why. He had also found like-minded individuals with complementary skill sets and experience. So the next step was creating a plan, which for them started with identifying key areas they wanted to improve. This decision is a valuable lesson in and of itself. Instead of attempting a complete overhaul all at once, they focused on three specific areas that needed the most attention and that were within their reach to develop solutions for. For organizations aspiring to be changemakers, the initial excitement around your mission can lead to an ever-growing list of initiatives. This is where we mention the classic adage of jack-of-all-trades and master of none. To be effective, efficient, and realistic for both you and your team, it's essential to concentrate on excelling in a few areas rather than overextending and exhausting your organization in an attempt to do everything which is exactly the approach New Story took. We didn't have it all figured out, but we knew we, we wanted to do things differently, specifically in three critical areas. First, transparency. After visiting Haiti, I learned that over $500 million in aid had been donated to one organization alone. In the end, only six homes were built we also knew we needed to prioritize dignity. The more we looked into the shelter crisis, the more we learned it wasn't as simple as making sure everyone has a roof over their head. Last but not least, innovation. All over the world, we saw industries being disrupted, overhauled, massively changed by the impact of new technologies. The biggest exception, housing, and specifically affordable housing. That's a clip from their documentary, No Small Dreams, which you can find a link to in the show notes. In the pursuit of efficiency, let's zero in on one of those objectives and explore the innovative solution more deeply. Their first goal was transparency, and through a concentrated effort, they crafted something both daring and highly effective. It's called the 100% model. We essentially have, we have two bank accounts, right? So we have one bank account that is for anybody, whether they give a dollar or a million dollars, if they want to fund a home project, they put the money there and it's restricted, right? That's how we have our 100% promise is that 100% of that would go towards the home projects. And then we have another bank account that's just for our operational expenses, R&D, innovation. And that is funded by a group of donors that we call the builders. And it's only about 60 six zero families or family foundations, few companies that fund that. 
This solution has given New Story a new and more effective way to budget, in addition to providing transparency and integrity to their finances. The main benefit that I've seen is that all of those 60 members, they sign up for three-year commitments, and there's a minimum level that we ask to join. So we've now raised our minimum to um, about 100000 a year as the minimum. And so what that does is you are able to easily forecast what is coming in for your operational expenses, and then you can make all of your plans against that. That's been amazing for us just to have that visibility and runway into what is coming in over the coming years. And if we want to grow our team a certain size or take on another project, like the financials have to match that in a healthy way. This financial stability afforded New Story the opportunity to pursue another of their main goals, tech innovation. We wanted to think about spending some money that would go towards helping design a a machine that would 3D print a house with the promise of in the future, it being able to do homes at a lower cost and have more quality control at scale. The choice was, do we spend, call it a couple hundred thousand dollars to do this R&D project and there's a high risk of it probably not working, or do we use that same couple hundred thousand dollars and build another 30 houses? They chose to take the risk. And the way that we looked at it was, we actually think there's a decent chance that this works and then if it works and that if, if it can be what the vision and the promise is, then for our mission, which is to pioneer solutions to end global homelessness, it's actually irresponsible for us not to try it because the upside is so much greater and so much bigger than if we use that money to do the exact same thing that we've always been doing and that pretty much everybody else has always been doing. If we look a bit deeper, we can see that the strategy comes down to balancing two sets of overarching goals. The first set concerns immediacy. How can we make an immediate positive impact on our cause? For New Story, that means how many houses can we construct right now? The second set revolves around responsibility and long-term planning. How can we ensure sustained growth of our impact and avoid being a short-term solution? overall, our strategy and our direction now, when it comes down to it, it's, it's focused on two main things. Decrease the cost of construction without sacrificing quality and lending so that families can actually become participants and customers in a housing market as opposed to only um, having the option of being a charitable beneficiary um, or part of a government program. Those are the things long-term. That's what I'm willing to bet the organization on. But within that, there's going to be different methods that we're testing and that we're trying to learn, iterate, and like trying to figure out what we can really scale. But it really falls into those two categories. And with overarching long-term goals, it's important to be in a constant state of learning, reflecting, and adapting to the ever-changing landscape where we're at in our journey and where I'm at in my entrepreneurial journey. So I've kind of said that our first eight years, which is we're at the kind of transitioning out of is, is what I call act one. And uh, we're heading into act two, which is our next eight years, which kind of pairs nicely in, into 2030 and our goal of, of impacting a million people million by 2030. And a lot of what we need to do in act two is very different from act one. I'd say there's two main things that don't change. 
Number one is is our mission, which is to pioneer solutions to end global homelessness. That doesn't change. We're as convicted as ever of the importance of that and the focus there. And the second thing that doesn't change is our kind of pioneering spirit and trying to challenge the status quo and like to literally pioneer solutions in a way that is smart and that is wise and that has high impact potential. But a lot of how we want to get to a million people is very different from our first eight years. For Brett personally, making those smart adaptations meant releasing some of the control he had in the beginning of News Story, akin to Jared Walker and Dollar Four's journey from a few episodes back. Brett is at a point in News Story's growth and development where it's increasingly important to trust others to make decisions. I think a lot of my job now is, and I'm learning how to do this, and my team's listening. And I've definitely made mistakes in the last six months for sure of how to not be too involved and in the weeds because we are fortunate to be recruiting a lot of really great managers and and senior leaders. But at the same time, how does it feel like that I'm still very engaged and that I'm still very present with the whole team? And that's something that I'm very much working on. And when working on anything as a leader, it's integral to listen to your people. The way that we did that and I've done that is it's just by having quarterly surveys from the team and other 360s that understand what's going well and then also understanding where I and our whole exec team really needs to improve. Everybody listening in a leadership role knows like 100% of what people say is not always going to be accurate or true, but you should very well, if you're looking yourself in the mirror with humility, know like, yeah, like these are things that I should be doing better or like I'm missing the mark on this or I... I could be improving here and then like picking the main things that you want to focus on and then just and just doing them. You know, it's, it's not rocket science. It's just being intentional, having the awareness and then putting together a really simple plan for how to focus on it and get better. On the topic of that feedback, I asked Brett to share something he's learned from his team that he's working on today. I'm sharing quite transparently because I literally just told the whole team the two things that I actually want to focus on and work on this year. The first thing, it was around just making sure that the whole team and not just more of senior team or executives and other areas where I'm spending most of my time and focus, making sure it feels like I am very much engaged and very much present because I 1 million percent am, but sometimes uh, I think if you're not intentional about being more interactive with the whole team as you as you're getting larger and that we're more distributed and more remote. Honestly, it kind of snuck up on me that a lot of these things were changing and growing and I didn't put enough intentional systems in place to feel like I was as engaged or as present as I've everybody's always known me to be. That was something that definitely like didn't feel good to read, but was valid and I could understand how it happened. The second thing would be around And this is a tough dichotomy that I think a lot of leaders have to learn how to do. On one hand, you want to push, you want to set high goals, but you want to sometimes be unapologetic about a high standard and a timeline. And you don't want that to be too exhausting or too out of touch or too far from what is actually doable and what is actually possible. And I think sometimes a weakness of mine can definitely be, you know, if somebody says, we want to try to reach 300 families with this type of financing product through this partnership, my mind can quickly go to not necessarily saying, 
hey, let's 10X that goal. It's less of that. Like, let's keep that goal. But I actually want to understand what would it take to get to 3,000? What are the barriers? What are the bottlenecks? And I think I've kind of been conditioned to think that way, uh, which I think very much has value and there's a lot of benefit in it. But I also understand and have empathy that if it's not delivered in the right way, it can be exhausting. It can be even sometimes annoying. And so that's what I'm also trying to, to work on this year. We'll be following along as New Story ramps up Act 2. But for now, let's recap what we've learned from Brett and Act 1 of his journey with New Story. First, don't fall into the trap of reasonableness. Pushing boundaries in your space also means pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. It's always easier to fall into the trap of being safe and vanilla, as Brett calls it. If you want to make change, you have to find strength to push yourself, even when it feels hard and counterintuitive. And that brings us to point number two. When you are pushing boundaries and taking risks, make sure you're building a foundation that allows for those risks in a calculated and intentional way. Research and preparation are a big part of that. But it's also crucial to have strategies in place that allow for those risks financially. For New Story, that looks like their 100% model. Make sure you find what works for your organization. Third, in the nonprofit space, we truly are all in this together. Brett thinks and acts beyond the boundaries of New Story alone and makes decisions with an eye on their collective impact. New Story's choice to invest in 3D printing homes was driven by this holistic vision and perspective. Finally, while ambition and passion are commendable, they should never lead you astray from the dedicated individuals on your team who are actively driving the work forward. It's crucial to consistently listen and engage with your team to enhance their working experience. After all, your achievements ultimately hinge on their contributions. That's all for this episode, but there are a few of our past episodes in particular that complement New Story's story well and would be a great next listen. I'd recommend Jared Walker's episode, which covers good leadership in times of intense scaling, and Latte Letergo Lawson's episode, which covers creating space for failure. I'm Ted Vaughn, and this is Future Nonprofit. If you want to hear more stories from experts in the industry and learn how to take your nonprofit into the future, subscribe to the podcast and visit makehistoric.com. Future Nonprofit is a production of Lower Street and Historic Agency. Produced by Jackie Lamport, Mark Miller, Ben Crannell, James Bladel, and Ted Vaughn. Edited by Ben Crannell. Visit futurenonprofit.com for a transcript of this episode.